Hey, welcome to another episode of the Express Yourself podcast by Zane Masters and Andy Archie. This episode is sponsored by the Express Yourself project. All links will be attached in the description below. All right, welcome to another episode of the Express Yourself podcast by Andy Archie and Zane Masters. Today we have a special guest, one of, I would say, my very dear close friends. Uh, Mr. Brother Ra, he is known in the community as a spiritual guide and intuitive guide and a person for the community, person for humanity. So rather than myself give the introduction for Brother Ra, I'll let him introduce himself. Tell us who you are, tell us what you're about, and we'll get right in. Awesome. Awesome. Hear me good? (sighs) Thank you, brother. Appreciate the opening. Um, thank you to you both, you and Zane. Um, and express yourself. <laughs> you. Awesome to be here. Um, first of all, um, well, you know me, I'd like to just um, pay some respects, acknowledge the elders and ancestors of these beautiful sacred lands that we live upon. <sighs> to our elders and ancestors, our guides, angels, and beings for always supporting us, guiding us, protecting us, forgiving us in our in our moments of um, challenge, <sighs> bringing us back to the light and holding us strong. Thank you, and uh, thank you to the energy of this beautiful home. <sighs> thank you to all the listeners that happen to tune in, and thank you to express yourself. It's an honor to be here. Um, who am I? <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> I am the sun, the moon, the rain, stars. <laughs> <laughs> I am you. You am I. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. <laughs> I am I. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. My name is Ramika. <sighs> Um, I've identified, I guess, with many different things over the years, as as we all do, you know, um, in whatever profession that that is for the individual. Um, for myself, right now in this moment, um, yeah, like I'm a guide, I'm a mentor, facilitator, um, I am a voice for those who need hope, I guess, or look for hope and faith and inspiration in, in these times that we are all navigating as a human race. Um, I am from Aotearoa, New Zealand, part Māori, part Scottish, part extraterrestrial. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, many things, man, over the years or right now. Um, I'm just honoured to be of service doing what I consider to be God's work. Beautiful, bro. Me. I've been honoured to have gotten the opportunity to get to know you. I remember the first time that we met on a men's medicine walk. Mm -hmm. Actually, prior to that, we'd been speaking and I purchased a crystal uh, piece here that I'm wearing today. Mm -hmm. 
from you. So I was able to have a few conversations with you and then getting to meet you not long after. And I remember when I first met you, there was this feeling of family. Mm-hmm. Family would be the word that I could really pinpoint it to be as if I had known you my whole life. Yep. You know, you're not brother Ra for no reason. <laughs> you really do have that brotherly feel and aspect of, of yourself that you outpour to the world. And it's been an absolute honour getting to know you, to walk with you, and then to facilitate spaces with you. And just to have someone like you in my family mm. to lean on, to converse with, um, just to have. Yeah. Just to have in my life. Thank you, brother. That means a lot. Um, yeah, thank you. So the whole brother thing, you know, mo- um, most of my life I've always considered, uh, oh, you know, when we come from New Zealand, we use the term bro or sis, you know, um, for me, energetically, it's, it's, it's the literal meaning, brother, sister, you know, which is why wherever I go, hey, yeah, hey, bro, everyone knows, like, when I refer to people, you see me right online, hey, sister, hey, bro. You know, um, and I like to see it as a higher awareness that our Māori people have had understanding because we're so big on whānau, on family. It's the higher understanding that we have as Māori that we are all brothers and sisters in this beautiful journey called life, you know. And um, I guess the other the other thing is most people can't pronounce my name. <laughs> 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 right, Ramika. So so brother Raz is here. Yeah. I, I remember some time ago, this is going back many, many years, and I remember seeing someone put up a post about uh, the word brother being used almost sporadically as if you had to earn that title to be called brother. Yeah. And for me growing up in a Mormon upbringing, we called each other brother and sister. So I was already conditioned to call everyone my brother and sister because I had the understanding that we are all from the same, mm. we're all from the same source. Yeah. And I found that really interesting when I came across that post because my understanding was different. Mm-hmm. We are all brothers and sisters. So thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Bro, <laughs> I'll, I'll come into the episode now. <laughs> I was running when they're going to show up. <laughs> I just wanted to allow that to happen. Um, bro, where where did you just for our viewers, bro? Where did you grow up? Like, where were you born and and, and raised? Because you moved around a bit, didn't you? Bro, where did- <laughs> he's still moving around quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, still going, bro. Uh, it's been a trip, man. You know, like um. So I was born in Paraparome, which is on the Kapiti Coast, just north of Wellington, back home. Um, and I was whangaid out when I was young, and then I was legally adopted when I was five. Um, moved to Auckland, lived on the North Shore. Uh, yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, lived on the North Shore, and then um, we moved back down to Wellington. Um, and I think it was was 13, 12, 13 when we left NZ. And then I grew up part of the way in Singapore. So we were in Singapore for almost three years. And then from there 
to Jakarta, Indonesia, um, where I went right up through high school. And then when I was 17, I think it was, um, moved back home to Wellington and, and um, once finished school and, and started studying Toy for Kaido, um, Māori arts, and was home for a few years, got in a bit of trouble, <laughs> ended up going back overseas to my parents. And, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much where I grew up, uh, between NZ and Asia. How was that? Like, was that a bit of a culture shock for you, bro? Huge. Uh, yeah. So huge. Um, you know, I mean, the culture shock was even when I was adopted because my father, um, is Malaysian Chinese, hence my last name being Chin. Um, so going from, you know, a meat eating roast potato, having, having your roast Māori family, you know, um, straight into eating rice and all that sort of stuff. That, that in itself was a culture shock because I never had rice before, but, <laughs> you know, and then, but yeah, moving over to Asia and you start to see things from a, from a different perspective of, of how people well, in Asia live, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's eye-opening because like you start to feel the inner gratitude for where you come from, you know, like obviously we live in Australia mm-hmm. and I miss home every day, but it's at this stage of my journey, it's, it's not somewhere where I would choose to live, um, not somewhere where I feel called to live. But when I was growing up overseas, especially in Jakarta, Indonesia, and because Indonesia is a third world country, right? So um, seeing firsthand the poverty and um, all that comes with it, it it's, it's a huge eye-opening. I, I really want to get in just so the listeners can have a little bit of context on on where your journey really started, where you began to be um, intuitive, an intuitive guide, a spiritual guide for not only yourself but for humanity. I would really love to paint the picture on how that transition came about for you, yep. how that journey flourished for yourself. Where it all began. Mm-hmm. So I guess part, part of that story actually begins when I was two, three years old because um, like many of us, you know, we, we uh, like many of us that come from home um, and right across the world, I guess, um, having um, in ways a broken family. So what I mean by that is I didn't know my birth father growing up. Uh, He left before I was born. And my birth mother, you know, she was going through her um, journey experiences. Um, So when I was between the ages of one and three and four, I used to just leave the house and just go, which makes a lot of sense as to why I am the way I am now, right? (laughs) It's just like, yeah, sweet, let's go. (laughs) But um. Yeah, I used to walk the streets of home and um, I'd walk down to the pub to find my mother or I'd walk down to Woolies to find my grandmother. But it was during that process of walking down where I'd walk through uh, the domain in Paraparumu um, that I first began to see spirits or beings walking beside me. And one day I was walking through the football field where the track is and I noticed this it was glowing gold. And there was this person walking beside me 
and he had long hair and like actual wearing a long white robe and he had a wooden staff. And I asked who he was and he said, oh, I'm the father, right? And I said, oh, I'm Ramaka. And he laughed and goes, yes, I know. I said, why are you walking with me? He said, because you need to be protected because one day you're going to help change the world. And that message has come through so many different channels all throughout my life, whether it's through people's dreams, through psychic mediums, through psychics, through readings, um, through my own visions and stuff like that. And, you know, we come from a very humble race, yeah, being Māori. And what I have found on my journey myself and experienced, obviously, being Māori, um, humility has been a massive crutch for us all, mm. you know, where we don't feel good enough, where it's just like, oh, why is this happening to me? Um, where um, why not somebody else? I'm just Māori. I'm just Māori. But you're not just Māori. You come from one of the most beautiful races in this world, right? One of the most beautiful cultures in this world. And over the years I had huge challenges, um, like massive challenges to the point where I would want to commit suicide based on your name is Ramika. You're here to help change the world. Wow. Being a Māori. It was massive, right? And if I talk about it too much, I'll start to cry. <laughs> but that, that, that was a big impact on me, you know. Wow. Um, so that was the message I received when I was, when I was younger. And I don't know if, if you've ever been to Paraparumu, but in my hometown, in the middle of town there, on the hill, there's a giant 30-foot statue of Mother Mary. And I used to go sit up there and it just felt like home. And I felt safe. I guess it's that divine presence. But, you know, growing up over the years and, and doing what I do now, come to understand that that energy is actually working with me. Um, so as I was saying, you know, like humility can be a big crutch. It took many years to own what I see and what I feel and what I receive to the point where now I stand in it with confidence. This, this is who I am, you know, and, and I was for many years, I wasn't like this. I was afraid to speak. I was afraid to say what I felt, you know, and, and nine and a half times out of 10, I would sit with my mouth shut and I wouldn't say anything. And then I'll go away and I'd feel less than who I was, mm. you know, and I, th I think that's something that we all go through at some point. Um, but for me, that, that was such a huge weight to carry because I could see all this other stuff and all these messages were coming through, but I was like this in the physical and I was allowing people's opinions, people's judgments, criticisms and abuse to dictate how I live my life as a, as a young man, as a Māori, even as a Māori or as a man myself, right? So over the years, had different experiences where I would see things and feel things. Um, and a lot of times they weren't always nice. Um, my understanding through my own intuitive and spiritual development is often when you begin the path, you will start to see, um, quote unquote, good, bad. Yeah. When you go right to the depths of 
energy, you understand that nothing is really good or bad, mm. right? But that that that's going really deep. So if we touch, just touch upon it, you know, seeing the good things or seeing the bad things, you tend to see like the hard things first because in order to understand the light, you've got to know the dark, mm. yeah? And that's what they showed me first. Now, fast forward to where it all really kicked off. Um, the awakening. Yeah, 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 the awakening. <laughs> the open your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was living in the Northern Territory. So this was uh, end of 2002, 2003, right up to the end of 2004 or start of 2005. I was up to NT and um, I was just, you know, working here and there. A big thing when you're living in the outback, I guess, is, is you go to work, you play football if you play football, and then you go to the pub. <laughs> right? So, so. That's what it was like to be a man though, you know? There was the understanding right? of what yeah. it is to be a man. Yeah, that's that's the understanding we grew up with, you know? You go to work, yep, cool. You hang out with the boys, you drink, you go play sports. Right? So, um, being up the NT, fast forwarding to when all this sort of took place um, and being that now I work with energy and see certain things and feel certain things, um, it's funny when I look back at it because it's just like, wow, there was a lot going on at that time globally, right? So Boxing Day 2004, um, I was at a party and we left that party. A friend of mine was driving. She lost control um, at nighttime in just outside um, the town that we were living in. Um, she hit uh, 184Ks in the car. Wow. And the car went to the left off the road and then she tried to pull it back onto the highway. I was front seat passenger and it went straight across into the ditch and tipped up on its nose. So I seen the road coming straight from my head and then we cut through the desert bush for about 100 metres rolling. Wow. Yeah. Um, in that accident, they said it was, you know, one of the worst NTs ever seen. Um, but it's, 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 as I said before, you know, it's funny, a lot of things must have been happening that day because the day that I had my accident, almost to the exact time, the tsunami hit Thailand. And Boxing Day is also my birth mother's birthday. And she was living in Darwin at the time. Happened to find out through the news because on the news they said that 24-year-old New Zealand Ramakachin deceased from the car accident, right? Um, so remember the car landing on its base? Remember the lights taken to the hospital? Um, I was lying in hospital and as I was lying there, I had my mate's jump, uh, footy jump on. And the doctor held me by the face. She said, oh, do you know where you, where, you, where you were? You know what happened? I said, oh, yeah, I was at a party. She said, no, darling. She said, you're in a car accident. I said, oh, where are my friends? She said, I'm sorry they didn't make it. And well, So they already pronounced you deceased mm. at that time? Yeah. 
Well, yeah. And my friends died beside me. I remember waking up in the car and saw my friend over the steering wheel looking straight at me. Um, yeah, that was, that was intense. And then, yeah, being in the hospital and, and all you heard, I lost it, obviously. Um, and then checked out again. And that's when they had to come and get the flying doctors and they flew me to Alice Springs um, with my other mate who is now paralyzed. So being front seat passenger, I was the only one that made full recovery. But um, I remember lying in the emergency ward in Alice Springs at the hospital after being brought down and I'm laying there and I felt these hands grab my forearm and I looked down and there was an Aboriginal man, woman, and two kids as a boy and a girl. And they were all holding my forearm. And the old fella said to me, he looked at my eyes and he said, you hold on, everything's going to be okay, young brother. Everything's going to be okay. And then they disappeared in front of my eyes. <laughs> wow. Because what I remember when I was younger, I used to be able to physically touch spirit, energy, um, which I've got you know, some crazy stories around, but that accident was sort of the start, although it didn't really kick off, if that makes sense. Yep. Because from that accident, you know, ended up leaving the Northern Territory, came down to Queensland, um, moved to Gold Coast, living in Southport, um, started working at Parkwood Tavern as a barman because I was, I was doing bartending up NT. I was a barman at Parky Tavern and then one night, six months later, my mate was like, oh, I want to come to Surfers. And I was like, what Surfers? I didn't know, right? And he's like, what? So we went to Surfers and I was like, alhamdulillah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Sin City. <laughs> so I found Surfers, bro. And um, it was a lot different. You know? It was a lot different yeah. back then. Yeah. Not, not like what it is now, man. You know, so found surfers and uh, lost myself in drugs, alcohol, woman, and f fighting for three years. And I was out every night drinking. I was out in surfers every night without fail um, and just got absolutely smashed. And then, you know, it was towards the end of the time when I was drinking um, that I actually met probably – um, someone that, well, here's someone that I have a lot of respect for who in many ways helped save my life. Um, so towards the end of when I sort of stopped drinking, my birth mother moved back to Sydney and she's like, come down to Sydney and get some healing. And I never had healing before. Um, so I went down to Sydney, got some healing, and then she's like, we'll take you to get a reading from the psychic medium. And I was like, oh, what's she going to do? Tell me the winning lotto numbers or something, right? Because I was like, you know, smart ass, even though inside I knew there was something out there, right? And went to see this lady, and she's like, oh, um, you're going to be doing what I'm doing. And I was like, yeah, fucking right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, nah, don't think so, man. She's like, she's like, you know, I'm getting the message through that one day you're going to help change the world. 
And I was like, man, I suppose you tell everybody that. But at the same time, again, there's that message mm. from when I was a kid, right? And she goes, okay, all right, I'll see what you're doing. And then she stopped. She took a deep breath and she goes, I've got three ancestors with you. She said, you were in a car accident. You were in a red car. There were five of you. You were sitting in the front seat. There was an accident. You died. You're the only one that made full recovery. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. I was like, this chick's the real deal. Okay. I pulled back on my disrespect and I'm sorry, right? And started paying attention. And she said, if you want to save yourself and find what you're meant to do in this lifetime, go see this guy in Brisbane. His name's Jason, right? I was like, okay. So when I ended up coming back to Queensland, my mate took me up to Brizzy. Um, and we pulled into this house in Brizzy. I'm sitting in the passenger seat. My mate's sitting here and my window's down and this big Hawaiian-looking dude comes walking out and he comes right up to the window like this and looks in my eyes and I said, oh, I'm here to see Jason for a meditation. I've never meditated in my life, right? And he looks me straight in the eyes, bro, and he goes, yes, it's time. Come inside. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, my mate's like, bro, time for what? You sure you want to stay here? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, it was again another pivotal moment in my journey. You know, at that time, I was still drinking and clubbing and taking drugs and and you know sleeping with women and and getting into fights. Um, went in, meditated in his circle, and. All I saw was colors, right? And then um, at the end of the, his circles, he used and this, he used to run them every week, every Sunday. And at the end of it, he would go around the circle and deliver messages from loved ones passed over, right? So I'm sitting there in the circle, and he comes over and he said, "There's a message um, for you from Kathy, right?" Uh, for, there's a message from this lady. She's about this tall. Her name's Kathy. She's got short brown hair. And I was like, no, I don't know. And he goes, okay. He'll go deliver more messages and come back. And he goes, I'm pretty sure it's with you. There's a lady. And she was in a car accident. And I was like starting to click. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's, that's my friend that was driving, you know. And um, he said, Okay, it is you. You're in a red car, weren't you? I said, yeah. You know, and he proceeded to tell me, you know, she wants you to forgive yourself because you've been blaming yourself because you couldn't protect them. And um, was when I was at the party before the car accident, I had a drink with my mate's dad and he said to me, he said, if you ever see my daughter out in town, promise me that you'll look after her. I said, yeah, bro, I promise you, I'll give you my word. And then um, 20 minutes later, she was dead. <sighs> and I carried that weight for a long time that I couldn't protect it. And when... Um, Kathy came through in the message. 
She said, you can forgive yourself. It's okay. She said, it's my fault I was driving. You weren't driving. But you're here for a reason, and that's why we had to go. And I was like, okay. So this dude's the real deal. And then from that point, I started going every week to this class. Even even like if I'd been out all Saturday night, I'd rock up. And he'd be like, have you been drinking? You've been clubbing? I was like, yeah. And so Jason is the one who became my mentor. I was going every day, uh, every Sunday, sorry, for about two, two and a half years before he even made me a student uh, because I just knew it's just something that I had to connect to and keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, and during that process, it led me away from the trauma and the pain of hiding behind alcohol and drugs and women and violence. And before long, I quit drinking and I stopped drinking for three and a half years. And I was just like, you know, my mates at the time, they were like, oh, bro, um, why didn't you just like have one drink and do it gradually? And I was like, nah, man, if I'm going to do it, let's fucking do it, you know? So I went cold turkey for three and a half years and, you know, kept going to classes in Brizzy um, and I went, so talking about spiritual development, you know, putting in the work, I went anywhere and everywhere from um, Sydney to sunny coast to here to all the different spiritual events, all the different spiritual churches, um, helped support my mentor wherever he was um, doing his shows, his gigs. So my mentor, Jason, his name's Jason McDonald, and he's considered Australia's number one psychic medium. And he's helped many um, well-known psychic mediums come through, um, develop on their journey. And I believe I was his last student. Oh. Um, he still does stuff today, but not like what he used to. And, uh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> long story, but that that's why I do what I do today. Wow. I've heard that story a few times, but I haven't heard it like that. Yeah. There was. <sighs> God, um, goosebumps. I was really able to understand the emotions that you put on yourself, whether or not at the time they were subconsciously within you, beating yourself up. Yeah. What I, question that I do have for you is when you had that first reading, Given your history growing up and the things that you're able to see, mm-hmm. even though at the time, you know, I can relate to this as oh, fuck, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, this is yeah, all yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, this is just that, that staunch ego that we have. Like, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to believe you. Yeah. Was there some sense of homeliness that you felt when you were able to receive that message? Yeah. There was a massive piece that I wasn't acknowledging. You know, because even on the outset, I was in that young male persona of a whatever. But inside, it was connecting to that home piece because it's something that I knew was there ever since. So, yeah. And 
you know, it's, it's funny because I never actually thought about a butterfly thing back through the years of my development and the inner trust that I had to keep going. And it's, it's you know, for me, it's, it's, it's not like, oh, hey, this is a glass bottle. This is what I do for a job. I make the bottle. I put the little steel on it with the lid. No, it's I trust in what I see. <laughs> it's not necessarily what everybody else can see, but I trust it so much and I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it's been an experience. Going through your journey and showing up intoxicated from the night before, there's still that sense within you that, I need to be here. Yeah. I need to be here. Yeah. Must have been incredibly healing for you to go through that work and slowly strip away pieces of, of yourself. Massively, you know, um, energetically through those shifts. Yeah. They were such, um, I guess over the years, like, cause I, it was, it was close to seven years before he said to me, he goes, Ramaka, I've taught you all I can. You need to go out and do the work now, you know, um, which for me is testament for others because it's like, okay, if you want to do something, student first, mm. always student first. And I don't mean student for like a weekend workshop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we see in the community a lot, you know, it's, it's like how long have you been a student for? Mm. You know, where have you learned? You know, how dedicated are you to this path, right? So, um, sorry, bro, I forgot the question. <laughs> uh, the healing journey. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so massively healing over time. The more I went, the more it shed, the more messages that were delivered in, in these groups and in these circles. Because, like, if you go to these development groups and circles, you, keep, you receive messages every now and again. Or you go to these events and like every event I went to, man, I was picked out of the crowd. And you, like, you know, people, they, they used to get fed up when they come with me to these events because it's like, oh, if we go to an event, he's going to get picked. But it's, it's, I guess it's that energetics of, of knowing this is, this is what I'm meant to do. Mm. So bang, there you go. But each time it, la- it layered that healing that I needed and received. This is a, a little bit off topic, but it's very much in the conversation. We did a um, we did a workshop last a week ago, yeah, just over a week ago. And at the end of the workshop, we're having a little laugh in the car because I said uh, to these uh, beautiful sisters that we worked with, I said, "Brother Ra and I are just old school gangsters," <laughs> <laughs> and and it's a testament to. Each one of us, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I used to be in street crews. I used to tag up on people's fences yeah. and do graffiti. And, <laughs> and I even did a, um, a gig rapping in, yeah. in the bar one night, you know, yeah. and these are all parts of us, mm. but being a gangster to me mm. is doing this work. Yeah. I'm still a gangster, yeah. but the, the term gangster to me has got a whole different meaning. Exactly, brother. And that is that I agree with, you know. So for a lot of people that do know me, I mean, you know me, like I say OG a lot, right? Keep it OG. You know, I even got it on my shirt, OG, right? But 
the the meaning of OG obviously is original gangster, yeah. <laughs> and for me, it's it's also gone from original gangster to own your greatness, right? Um, and OG for me, you know, if we if we go back to how we grew up, like it's just like yeah, this is who you are. You know, you don't need to dance around and and put on all this fake shit. It's like this is who we are, right? And so where we are today, what I am seeing so much, whether it's in the spiritual field or the personal development field, so many people are caught up in um, the Hollywood styles, <laughs> you know, which, which Sister Tiani, um, that you know, one of my friends, she calls it the spiritual entertainment industry, mm. right? And, you know, this is um, <sighs> my, my thing is like, I want to give an understanding from my version before I go back to that around light worker and what a light worker actually is. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So, awesome. so for me, what a light worker is, because it's a term that you hear over the years is just thrown around. I'm a light worker. I'm a light worker. Um, but if you cover certain things, you know, people are like, oh, you know, that's not light work. Right? I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about being a light worker, you work with the light. Yeah, and my learnings and my understandings of what a light worker is: when you work in the light, you shine. And as you shine, you're going to shine on absolutely everything, including the darkness. So, a, a one thing that I say that you know comes from Bob Marley is light up the darkness, mm. right? Light up the darkness. So, you know when you see stuff that is going on in the community or on a global level, I speak into that and you know that, right? To spread awareness or give understanding or, or shine the light. So, you know, if, if there's stuff going on, if there's darkness, if there's shit going on in the world or in the community, I speak out. Why? Because you're shining the light on the dark. Mm. Yeah. So that other people can see what's going on. So they're not distracted and go down that path. But even though if they do, then that's part of their journey. You know, so light worker for me is someone that stands in the light and they shine their light through the light and the dark. Mm. You know, you're here to do do the work. And through doing the work, it's not, it's not, oh, I have to stay positive and align my chakras to the highest (laughs) energies of the moon and feel the rays of the sun grounding me to this earth. And and now I feel hunky-dory, you know? No, it's like part of that light work is you address your shadow. You address the darkness. Now that darkness can be considered trauma, pain, um, abuse, whatever it is for the individual. But the thing is when we can work through those shadows, through those darkness, um, through those experiences, we find on the other side comes such magical and potent healing that it empowers you so much that you get all this. <laughs> no, but, you know, you, like we work through what we work through to get to where we are today. Yep. And this is, this is inspiration for others out there that, you know, you can heal. Given what we've been through, given what I've been through and what I've shared with you, you know, you can get to the other side. You can heal. You can grow. All it takes is the courage and the consistency to keep at it, keep chipping away. Like, even if it's like 
you know, you move like so much or you move a mile, mm. right? It's whatever is necessary for you at your point in time for your journey to help you grow and help you heal so that you can step onto that path of your becoming. And that's, that's the journey that I went on and, and still today. To me, that's what a light worker is, so shining the light. And going back to OG, OG, bro, for me, it's, it's just keeping it real. Yeah. You know, you can be, anyone can be OG, right? And OG is simply just owning your truth, being real, man. You know, not getting lost in Hollywood, and, but keeping it grounded, keeping it centered. And he's like, you know what? This is my truth. These are my boundaries. And this is where I stand. That is OG. Doing this work is OG. Why? Because you're, you're giving voice to truth, to individuals' truth, you know? Mm. And courage can be standing up and using your voice in that space of humility that we've been conditioned with. Yeah. You know, having your friends that will talk shit about you yep. because you decided to use your voice and you decided to shine. You decided to speak something that was against their narrative Yeah, that they really do know within themselves, but they're too conditioned yep. of the opinions of other people yep. to speak what it is true for them. Exactly, bro. And, and you know, with what you've just said, you know, this is what we see on a global level. Yeah. So we're being conditioned in our own relationships to go with the narrative because if you don't, you're not cool. If you don't, you're not one of the boys or you're not one of the girls or whatever it is. And if you take it that much wider and you start to see that that same conditioning exists on a global level, you start to see that if you go against the common narrative, which today is go get your COVID test, get your fucking vaccination. If you go against that narrative, then you're an outcast, you're a conspiracy theorist, and you're against humanity. And I say, fuck that shit. Mm. To me, that right there is keeping it OG because you're staying to your truth. And it's like, hey, I'm not going to buy into the narrative because there is something out there. It's called common sense. And like what you said the other day, bro, it ain't that common no more. <laughs> you know, which is, which is sad. But yeah, you know, it's, it's being an OG is standing in your truth no matter what the external narrative is. one thing I want to say really quickly and let this marinate and let this land for you. This is really, really small. Not everybody's going to like you. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that. Yeah. If you can sit with that and understand that not everybody's going to like you, then yeah, fucking do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very like, sorry, bro. But quickly, just what what you said, not everybody's going to like you. So long as you like yourself, <laughs> that's all that matters, man. <laughs> bro, it's funny because I was speaking about this with Stace. We were talking about you because I told her that we were doing a podcast episode today. And we were speaking about like, I was like, I don't know many people that stand in their truth as much as you do. Yeah. Especially when you look at social media, like your social media, <laughs> fuck man, like you'll just, <laughs> you must get people coming at you all the time. With, uh, over with, the years, stuff. Yeah. 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 What, you mean in a, in a, in a, in like a, in a, rea- in a reactive way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. A lot, right? <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, and I think it's, for me, it's something that I've cultivated over time. You know, but being being exactly what you've heard about part of my journey, you know, growing up, being too afraid to speak. Like even when I was a kid, man, you know, I used to go to speech lessons because I was I was too afraid to talk. And the, 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 
to, 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 to speak up, right? So people thought something was wrong with me because I'd never talk. But the thing is like I learned to hide within the fear like many of us do because I knew that if I opened my mouth, if I spoke up, I'll get a hiding. Um, so over years, you know, as that builds up, builds up, builds up to even in the past couple of years, man. Um, so I'd have to say in the past two, three, oh, since 2018, I guess, started coming through massive personal development healing. And through that process over those years, right up to this point, learned to stand even stronger in my truth and go, you know what? No, I'm not going to allow people to cross my boundaries and I'm not going to go with the common thing, with, with the crowd, with the narrative, just to keep you happy or you happy. You know, this is my belief. This is where I stand and I trust in everything that I'm showing because this is what has protected me and guided me all my life and kept me alive, you know? So of course I'm going to trust in this. Mm. A lot of people can't understand it and, and that's fine. Yeah. But if you were to develop yourself, you too can link into that. Yeah. It's funny how you said that because I, I was um I was just in a call before we jumped on this podcast and um, me and T were talking about intuition or she was sort of talking about intuition with me mm. and she was saying, if you can explain it, then it's not intuition. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you get a message and you can explain it, then that's not intuition. Yeah. It's gone through all of the layers yeah. of you, ego, subconscious yeah. mind, conscious yeah. mind. Yeah. And, and if you can sit there and rationalize it, yeah. then you didn't get it <laughs> <laughs> because you just have to trust and it's very hard to do. That's it, my brother. You know, it's, it's when intuition comes, it's that boom. Yeah. It's that hit, hit. man. Yeah. It's that hit. It's not the thought. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it, it, it will get to the point where it does come through your mind, but it's not the thought. It's that instant bang. Mm. It's that instant pulse, right? So when you're really in that intuitive flow, it's just you are that channel. You are that channel, you know? And and I guess this this is the example of what it means to be of service because you're just a vessel. You're a channel. You're a, you're a, you're a, um, Chariot of the divine, I guess, you know, where the information flows through and it flows out. So, you know, I, I give guidance sessions, I give readings and all the intuitive stuff that comes through, it goes straight out. And, and like, I don't remember a lot of them. Why? Because it's not for me to hold. I'm just a channel, yep. you know, so they receive those hits. It's out, it's gone, you know, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's that instant bang, bang, bang. Cause anything, outside of two, three seconds becomes your own thought where everything starts to become interpreted, yep. right? But the thing is, the more you develop your intuition and your spirit and your energy, your awareness starts to grow, your intuition starts to grow till it gets to that point, you get stronger and stronger through meditation. Like one of the keys, one of the strongest keys to helping me develop was meditation, yeah? So I'd meditate a lot and, and seeing so many different things. The more you develop yourself intuitively and spiritually, the stronger your intuition becomes, so it'll it'll be it'll go from that. Um, two seconds later, your thoughts come in. It'll go to like two seconds, three seconds, four seconds, stronger and stronger till you hold that whole gap, and it's just like you're in flow. You know? If you could give some advice to some people to enhance your spirituality, would it be that to start there? I'd say, come see me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair 
<laughs> Fair enough. Last, like if I were to give some advice to people that want to enhance and develop their spirituality, um, honestly, it would be go and sit. What I mean is before you even start meditating, go and sit outside somewhere where you feel safe, where you can sit in silence and just start to watch everything around you. And I mean everything, you know, from if there's people walking past, if there's um, clouds in the sky, the different colours, if you see ants or insects or birds, um, the way the wind blows, everything. When you can sit and tune into everything that is around you, your awareness starts to expand. And then from that point, close your eyes, go into meditation because that awareness is what will help you open up even stronger and then through the breath because the slow, steady, deep breaths is what will actually help you drop into your body, into your intuition so that you can... Right. And, and, you know, it's about finding as so for people, if they want to really develop is, is sit in awareness, pay attention to everything around you. Um, record your dreams, write your dreams down because that's extremely important when you write your dreams and your med- and your meditations down and your visions, if you receive visions throughout the day. So if you write all those things down, what you're doing is like when you fill your cup up with water, right? You got to empty that cup to fill it up again. So what spirit through my journey, my understanding, what spirit is doing when you receive all these messages and visions and experiences through meditation, dreams, or um, what was the other one? Visions. When you receive these things, spirit is giving you all this information from the divine, right? And from the universe. So you record it, you write it down, it's out of your system. So that way they can give you more. And each time you do that, you step up a little higher on your journey, on your on your spiritual journey, because we are, even though we are all technically one in this human experience, we are all at different stages of our spiritual evolution. Yeah, some are just starting out. Some have been in the game for many years. Some have been in the game longer and longer than I have. Right. So, so to develop, yeah, awareness journal. A good thing is is to keep your gratitudes, yeah, daily gratitudes to yourself, whether you speak them, whether you write them down, um, and then meditate by finding a meditation that works for you, right? So I take people on guided meditations, which I've done for years, and the people that know that have been to all my classes over the years understand, like, the journey that we can go on. We go, we go deep. And from the guided ones that we do, though, and this is – I know it's debatable with some people that have been in meditation for years because they don't believe that, you know, guided meditation is, is a real thing when it helped me get to where I am. So I speak from my experience. So it's about finding a meditation that works for you. Some some resonate with, um, you know, some resonate with um, walking meditation. So if you, if you go to the beach, for example, and you just walk, walking meditation, um, some resonate with sound meditation. Some resonate with guided meditations. Um, my thing is for meditation, try not to 
uh, slip into the expectation mm. of, oh, it has to be this way. I have to put a crystal here next to a white candle and light some <laughs> incense and I have to have this fluffy cushion and then throw my hand, throw my dubs up in the air and be like, <laughs> 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 you know? So anything for me that puts you solely in the moment of whatever it is that you're doing, you're meditating. Mm. So for example, if you love to play, play the guitar and you play the guitar and you get in that zone and everything else fades away, you're meditating. If you go to the gym, bro, right, and you're in that zone and you're just like bang, 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 you're meditating, mm. you know? Or if you're sitting there on the couch you're medit- and, and you're in that zone, guided meditation, you're meditating. Even if, you, I mean, you can do open eye meditations too, you know? So It's so bringing the intention, the exactly. intention of Intentions, everything when it comes to energy, right? Mm. You know, so for people listening, any advice? Yeah, that's that's what you can do. You know, or um, especially for spiritual development, seek out a mentor. And I'm, I'm, I will, and I won't throw my name out there, right? Because I know what I can do, and I'm still learning that as well at the same time. Because even though it's important to be confident in who you are and what you do, you're also going to be open-minded enough and humble enough to understand that we're always learning, we're always growing. Um, so, And that you know, goes back to the student aspect, yeah. forever a student. Yeah. We, we are all students. We are all teachers. Yeah. So um, find a mentor. You know, I mean, you can talk to me or you can go out and, and find where you're drawn to but find somebody where you're going to dedicate your time. And I mean, I don't mean like a week. I mean, you're going to actually dedicate your time and it could be from six months to a few years where you're dedicated to, oh, show me, show me the way, show me the way. And then you get to that point where either your mentor will go, you know what, now go do the work or you bow at the feet of your mentor and say, am I ready? It's always the student because you have to understand that when you go out into the world or people need to understand that, like when you go out into the world and you do this work, you're responsible for holding space for people. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for people's energy, people's well-being. And one thing that has really got to me over the past 18 months, I guess, is seeing so many people out there that don't have the foundations and the understandings and the experience and the growth through the blood, sweat, and tears that is has been shared over the years of learning, they're coming out of out of nowhere, never done this stuff before, and standing there, oh, I'm holding space. Oh, all I have to do is light uh, Palo Santo, and yeah, I'm done. Oh, you, but you don't have the foundations, you know. And I guess that's testament as to why you see me when I do what I do. Wherever I go, I'm bang, I'm on, mm-hmm. right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you touched on that. And, and I know Zane has done some work with you. Mm. Yeah. Zane's, Zane's more intuitive than he lets on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, um, but I, I will, I will speak into that, right? Because um, mad respect to you. Um, you are actually more connected than what you um, let on. And, by all means, that, that that's your choice. You know, there's no disrespect in that either. Um, but it's understanding that all of us being, okay, so so 
you know, when I get those hits, it's like, okay, <laughs> we're going there today. It's like, okay, so all cultures of the world are directly connected to source. Now, that in itself is a huge trigger for a lot of people. What I said to a friend of mine the other day, it's racial, but it's not racist. There's a difference. There's a difference, right? It's, it's racial, it's not racist, yeah? So there's understanding in a lot of cultures, yeah, where you go back right throughout time, where all cultures, all people were in the garden of life, yeah? And the European or the white man was the only one to be thrown out of the garden, which is why so many cultures are connected intuitively. They have that understanding of the land, whereas the European man today, they're trying to learn that, they're trying to understand that, which is awesome. So it's nothing against, you know, our brothers and sisters of, of that kind, of that like, right, or of those cultures, right, or of, of those peoples, because I'm not sure about you, but you, both of us, you know, myself, I'm part Scottish, you know. So I understand that all of that triggers a lot of people because it's like, oh, you're being racist, all that, blah, 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 blah. But it's like if you look somebody that's an in, in, indigenous or cultural, right, they have that instant connection, right? It's there. It's not necessarily that they use it because a lot of people deny it. A lot of our own people deny it. I mean, I denied it too growing up, you know. So um, where were we going? <laughs> <laughs> what was said? No, that, 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 yeah. I was <laughs> saying, uh, sorry, bro. <laughs> um, I was Zane. just enjoying the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so you know, Zane is, uh, is very connected and uh, well, so are you, you know. And for you, Andy, uh, what I've seen and I've noticed through my own awareness, um, you know, very strong spirited, both of you, very beautiful hearts, very uh, role model material for, for men, for brothers, which is awesome to see because it's, it's well needed, especially like, you know, for all of us coming from Aotearoa um, and being actually being the change. We still carry that OG energy, but <laughs> be the change. You know, we're showing showing our people, showing the world that this is who our people are and showing our people that this is who we can be. You know, so, so yeah, all of us are very gifted. Everybody out there is gifted. It's whether or not you want to open those gifts. And if you don't send them my way, because I, I love gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Did we um bro that was yeah, that was wicked. <laughs> yeah. That was wicked listening to you. And, and thank you for the acknowledgement, bro. I'm, I know Andy and I appreciate that and, and appreciate you, bro. You help us um obviously with our workshops as well. Mm. We always bring you in because we're still learning, we're still students, bro. Yeah. Um and to have you in our corners, yeah, massive for us, bro. Thank you, brother. Um I think you guys know me like I will fully support anyone that um you know, is ready to actually stand with pure intent and integrity and truth and respect and honor 
and do do this work, you know, actually be of service and not the look of service. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, I just want to go quickly yep. what I mentioned before because I know I can I can feel it. It's still triggering people, even no one's watching this yet. I can like, <laughs> it's yeah, energy, right? <laughs> so I can feel like what I said before about the European compared to indigenous cultures of the world. Everybody's connected. Yeah. And we are here assisting humanity. And the European races of the world, they are um even though these these stories go back through cultures about how they were tossed out of the garden, right? Where you are at in your life, wherever you are at, no matter what colour the fuck you are, you're all connected. Yeah, we're all one. I want to make that understood, yeah? And on your journey, whoever's listening to this, if any triggers ever come up around anything, instead of reacting, respond. And what I mean by respond is do your best in those situations to look at it from an awareness of, okay, you know what? This is triggering me, whatever it is. So I'm going to go away because if I, if I act now, I'm going to react. Yeah. So I'm going to breathe. I'm going to go away. Why is this triggering me? Does it go back to my mom? Does it go back to my father? Does it go back to my partner? Uh, my former partner who abused or whatever, does it go back to my life experiences? Because in the triggers comes some of the most beautiful healing that a person can ever receive. And when you can work through that, you come out the other side and you start to notice that when those things happen again, you're no longer triggered. And that is what fucking development and growth and putting in the work is. I'm glad you touched on that. Yeah, bro. There's something that's, that's coming up for me that I really want to touch on and that is – with our people, you know, a part of our culture, you know, like yourself and, and Zane, mm. we all have um, some type of uh, European or, or English blood that runs within our yeah. within our veins. But something that I want to I want to touch on is, you know, growing up in the North Shore, mm. you can probably relate to this. I was put into a box where I was stigmatized as this rich Maori. Sorry, you know, the other day I watched your podcast and when you said it, I was like, yeah, but please continue. Sorry. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I was stigmatized as this, as this um, rich Māori. My family didn't have anything, you know, they had enough. They were, they were the change for our generation. They gave us everything that they could. And by them giving everything they could was having us live and grow up in this place. What I would like to hear from you is if you were to give a message to Māori, mm. Polynesians, mm. what would that be? In those situations? I would more so say, you know, there's a lot of what I feel, which I've, which I've had to break through myself because I was put in this little box yep. is unworthiness. Mm. Mm. And is, is what would that message be to find within yourself, your truth, to yep. find your voice, to find that worthiness. Yeah. Okay. But what I would say is get your haka boogie on and put on a black. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or in all seriousness, you know, um, 
that is that cheeky Māori side that we all have, eh? But um, in all seriousness, what, what I would say to people um, in terms of self-worth is funnily enough because I experienced the same thing, which is why I said about your pod, your fellow's podcast when I heard that because um, I didn't know that either. Um, when I was growing up, I was considered the flash Māori, mm. you know, the rich Māori, too good for the Māori Māori. <laughs> yeah, bro, I can, I can relate. Because um, my father worked hard um, day and night, most mostly through the week. Like there are times that we never saw him because he'd be travelling for work and making sure that the family was always provided for. Um, you know, even though I grew up, in very strict upbringing and there was a lot of violence, um, he, uh, no resentment, nothing. That, that, as I said, you know, those triggers, I worked through myself and had those conversations with my parents and now we are at that process and we are at that level of, of you know, that that's where they were at the time, right? Now, um, growing up, as I said, you know, my father gave us the best that he could, um, and he worked his ass off. Like when he came to New Zealand, he couldn't speak English. And he was 16, I think it was, when he went to Massey University in Palmerston North. And now he speaks better English than most people are king, right? And um, worked worked very hard all his life, provided for all of us. Um, you know, so I understand the whole feeling around feeling alienated from your own people. Mm. Um even though there's that such a strong connection, you know, to being proud of our people. Now for the whole thing around self-worth, it's, it's that whole self-love thing, you know, and that's something that I'm still learning, you know, because um, obviously I'm not, I'm not in a relationship, right? I can speak into guidance around from what I am shown and my experience throughout life. Um, but it is something for me because I, I, at times, you know, yeah, I'd love to love, but there's still that, that hurdle of, of opening the heart, mm. right? Now, um, self-worth for me over the years, yeah, it's about learning to stand in your truth. It's about being a, as OG as you can for yourself. Now, whatever term you want to call it. The reason why you do that, because it helps you to stand in your self-worth. It helps you to stand in, in the essence of who you are. And it's understanding that this is how God made you. This is where you are on your journey, wherever God has placed you, right? But it's not where you have to stay. Yeah, because I think a big thing for me growing up um, in, in back home and being in our circles it's like, you know, half the half the people are like, but bro, this is where we're at. We're yeah. just Māori. So just accept what you've got, right? Yeah. And then, you know, had my other half of my mates going, bro, fuck, we're so proud of you, bro, because as you make it, we make it. I think um, you know that that can hit a nerve because it's like, bro, we can all make it. 
you decide to make that choice. But to, you know, know that you inspire people to the point where it's just like, fuck, bro, if you're doing it, we're doing it with you. That means a lot, man. You know, so the self-worth, is, it's not something that you can just let go like you're dropping a um, basket of washing. It's something that you've got to continuously work at, you know, and I guess I want to say to everyone out there, you know, especially our Māori people on this topic, it's just like there is a better way. I say that with all my fucking heart, there's a better way. You know, you don't you don't need the gangs, you don't need the alcohol, you don't need the drugs, you don't need the abuse, you don't need the past abuse, you don't need everything that you've ever been through to hold you down because you come from one of the greatest races that have ever lived. Let that sink in. We come from one of the greatest races that have ever lived, the Māori warrior. You know, and I'll, I'll touch on that, that. That's why Once Were Warriors. If you look at Once Were Warriors, the whole message was we once were warriors. What happened? Mm. You know, the mana of the land. When you go to New Zealand, Aotearoa, you touch the ground, you can feel the mana of the land flow through you. Mm. Right? And we come from a such such a strong-spirited Beautiful culture, right? And if people can hold that and and hold that high as they can and go, you know what? These are my people. This is where I come from, right? So this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to keep building myself up because I know that this is where I come from. My ancestors walk with me. Man, and if people could see the ancestors and the elders that walk beside you, nothing would stop you, mm. period. You know? So – Learn who you are. That's a big piece. And whether that's learn studying your whakapapa, your lineage, whether that's going through different um, things that have happened to you so that you can heal, whether that's seeking out what you feel drawn to so that you can develop and change, learn who you are. And through that learning, you will develop that self-worth. And you'll get to that point where it's like, this is me and I'm happy to be me and I don't need to be you. You do you and I do me. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. That uh, gave me a whole new level of understanding of each other. Yep. Are you sharing? Um, definitely struck a chord with me because mm-hmm. I know for me growing up in the North Shore, the word you said was alienated. Mm. I felt extremely alienated. Yeah. I grew up not knowing how to speak Māori. I didn't even grow up with my Māori family. Yeah. And I was put in this box and accused, you know, of doing things um, all the time. Yeah. That I ended up just caving in mm. and and grabbed the identity of being a thief. Yeah. Uh, do these things. Yeah. Because uh, this is who you guys expect me to be. This is who I'm going to be. Yeah. Um, with what you've said, you know, it's it's funny because like before you mentioned how I hold that actual presence of being brother, yeah, we it's funny how similar our journeys have been, and you know when I was younger, yeah, I was I was alienated, I was alienated because I wasn't Maori enough, I wasn't um, poor enough. 
not that we were rich, you know. Um, I was, and because I was, because my father was Chinese, um, man, I used to get at intermediate school. I used to have gangs of white boys try and take me on. Um, I'd get put down, you know, by, by my own family, you know, my Māori family for, oh, you know, your dad's Chinese. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's got money. Um, you're a rich Māori, blah, 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 you know, and and that is such a huge crutch from my experience for the Māori people when it comes to money. You know, half of my family resents the other half of my family because the other half of my family did what they can to provide, did what they worked their fucking ass off to get to where they are today to take care of us. You know, even though they provided at the same time for this family, yeah, it's not good enough. And I felt alienated. I felt separated from my own people, from my own culture, even though I was so proud of, of being Māori and I still am. Um, you know, I never learned Māori growing up. I did in high school for like a couple of months before we left to go to Singapore. And, um, you know, I mean, feeling alienated, even though you have the bros and you catch up with your mates and stuff, I'll say, yeah, we, we all Māori, you know, you know how to do the haka, um, but you don't know how to speak Māori, mm. which is what I'm learning now, you know, and, and feeling alienated because, feeling an outcast because I identify as being Māori, but my father's Chinese and I don't know my birth father and I'm separated from my birth mother and I'm living in Asia away from my own people and, and my own home. So the alienation was real, the judgment was real, the hurt was real. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm so proud that I come from Aotearoa and, you know, one of my bros' uh, uh, understanding that we have is like, bro, so long as you're doing better, you're striving to be better than who you were yesterday, that's all that matters, you know, and, and where I am today, you know, I do what I do for myself. I do what I do for my people. I do what I do for Aotearoa and I do what I do for humanity. And on my experience throughout growing up, I sat with it so many times over the years and go, why have I not learnt Māori? Why have I not gone home like many people we know have gone home? Why this and why that? And then every time I sat with it, it's like, because who you are, you're here for humanity. You're here for the entire world. And that resonates so strong because that's how I feel and that's how I operate day to day. I connect with people right across the world. Um, so if I can take part of Aotearoa with me as being Māori and share it with the world, and the world gets to see, hey, this fellow's Māori, he comes from New Zealand, while still holding the OG of who I am and what I'm here to do, then I know myself. And I'm still learning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful how through alienation on many, many, many levels, you can still 
keep your head held high and say, I am Māori. Mm. Māori is in me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that understanding that, bro, you don't have, even though there is that belief out there, but you don't have to speak Māori to be Māori. You don't have to have dark skin to be Māori. You don't have to wear a tamoko to be Māori. You don't have X, Y, Z to be Māori, you know. If you're, not, if you're from New Zealand and you've got that blood, you're Māori. doesn't matter where in the world you may find it. That's a funny thing, eh, like quickly touching on. I've been to many places right across the world and the, the weirdest places where I've seen Māoris, bro. <laughs> I'm like, like I was walking through, um, what's it called? Um, Broad, Broadway, New York. Yeah, I was in New York uh, a few years ago now. I was walking along and it was busy as, man, and people everywhere. And I seen this fella walking towards me and he's like, he's got that Māori walk on. And I was like, I was like nah, is this fella Māori? And he came walking past and he's like, <laughs> in the middle of New York, bro. You know, so it, and and like even seeing like uh, Māori, I see Māori in Peru, I seen all through the states and in, in Asia, wherever I've been. You know, and it's it's every time I see someone from home, and I see that, I'm like, yes, mm. yes, <laughs> from home. You know, and. I tell you what pisses me off is that when I do, do walk around and I see Māori and they walk straight past you like they're too fucking good. <laughs> Bro, plastic. <laughs> but, you know, like when you do, when you when you are somewhere when you know you're not home what doesn't feel home and then you happen to see um, someone from home and you're like, fuck. It makes you feel at home. Yeah. 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 So – yeah, I am proud to be Māori and come from Aotearoa, the land of the long white cloud. <laughs> I, I found that big time moving to Australia. And um, when I came here, I, I said, I'm not going to surround myself with my people. Yep. There was a decision I made for myself because I wanted to expand myself. But the longer I was here, the more I started to gravitate further towards my people, the more at home I felt. And it's it's been a beautiful journey for me because it wasn't until I moved to Australia that I really gained a lot of self-acceptance of who I was mm-hmm. and understanding that I don't need to speak Māori to be Māori. Yeah. I don't need to speak Māori to have tāmoko. Yeah. I don't need all these things people have pushed onto me Mm. with their belief systems, with Mm. their limiting belief systems to be proud to be Māori. And while we're on this topic, I just, I really feel called to sharing that you are worthy. Mm. You are worthy. You are educated. Do not put yourself in the box that society has Mm. put you in. Do not believe the things that the people tell you. Yeah. You are one of the most superior races on this planet. Yeah. The Māori people are so special and the Māori people can make the biggest change in this world. Exactly, brother. And it's it's something that I've heard over the years too that when the Māori wake up, 
this change going to happen? Because if you both, we come from such a small country and you look at the impact that we make across the world mm-hmm. in terms of, say, the Silver Ferns or the All Blacks, right? And, and the culture that, that people see of, of, our, of our Māori culture, right, when we perform, right? So I've met people right across the world and they're like, wow, you're Māori. Wow. Very like people from Ireland. I met people from Israel, from the Middle East, from, from Asia, from Americas, and they're like, wow, you're Māori? Wow, that's awesome. We say, say that shit to ourselves. Yeah. And to reiterate, yeah, yes, you are worthy. The fact that you are born into this world, into the body that you have, you are fucking worthy. And I'll tell you what, right now, like God, spirit, the universe, no matter what comes across your path, they've given you absolutely everything to overcome anything, right? doesn't matter who you are, even if you're not Māori out there, right? Wherever you come from, whoever you are, you have absolutely everything you need to overcome absolutely everything that comes your motherfucking way. Pardon my language, <laughs> right? But it's, it's true. And I speak into that based on my experience and my learnings and understandings and my connections to many people I've met on their journeys and their shares as well, you know, and my connections to God and spirit. And I'll tell you what, if you weren't meant to be here, if you weren't blessed with the beautiful breath of life, you wouldn't be here. God brought you here for a reason. Spirit brought you here for whoever God is to you. Yeah. Um, you're here for a reason. Once you start to understand that, you start to realize and embrace this beautiful thing we call life. You know? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Wait, did, did you fellas have any questions from the thing? Got a couple of questions, bro. We'll, we'll do so. We'll do a quick fire round. There's just yeah. a couple of questions here. Um, I think you've pretty much touched on them, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what one was about uh, self-love, how to truly open up to your loving self when you have hate, hated your body for most of your life. This, this is actually a, something that I've been um, experiencing within myself is yep. the healing mm. of love towards my body. Yeah. Repeat that question, sorry, Bella. How to truly open up to loving yourself when you have hated your body for most of your life? I want to share something that only those very close to me know. Um, that exactly that, that's what I've had most of my life. I've hated my body, right? Because to me, I'm like, I had this fat belly, skinny arms, skinny legs, you know, I've got these fucking KFC originals and I want hot wings. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I've had body issues most of my life, right? Um, self-love, to be honest, like self-love takes work. Mm. Um, and it's understanding that, you know, sometimes that work is going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to be hard. But so long as you keep committing to that path, and doing whatever it takes for you to open up that self-love, then, then, then you know, that, that's the journey, man. You know, if there's those issues around the body, what I found for myself over the years, it's, it's 
I've taken it into personal, personal, emotional, spiritual, and mental development. Right. So, and that even goes into financial development too, because your self worth, your body. If if you if you hate yourself, you're not in 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 any form of abundance, right? And it's going to affect every other area of your life, right? Because you're not living in abundance. I'm not worthy, right? So. I would say write down the things that have led you to that understanding, that have led you to that belief, right? Even if it's like your parents or your partners or your, your friends, every layer that has ever, that when you can sit in that space, okay, when you can sit in that space and go, okay, why do I hate my body? Well, it's because I saw this thing on the movie. Mm. It's because I heard this thing on the radio. It's because the media portrays beauty has to be a certain way. Yeah. Writing down all these things is because my father treated me like this. It's because my mom treated me like this. It's because they expected so much of me in this way. It's because school or society or my friends told me this is how it had to be. It's because my friends are on Snapchat and they're so pretty and they're doing all this, I feel inferior. Whatever it is, you write it down and you start to work through those things. And as I said before, you know, they're triggers, right? So so when it comes up, when you write down those things, okay, so why does that trigger you? What is the root of that? This is what healing is, right? So when you go through healing, what you want to do is you want to tra- trace all the way back to the root of where it comes from, right? And those branches, that tree could be anything, like I said, from your parents to your friends to society to to the way you raise everything you've experienced and you trace it all back to the root and then you start to work through those things, you'll start to build that self-love and that understanding that, hey, this is the physical chamber that you have right now. If you're unhappy with your physical being right now, it doesn't have to stay that way, Right? So it's up to you to take responsibility like I had to for myself. It's up to you to take responsibility for for um, bettering yourself in that way. You know, if, it, if it's for you, if it's starting with being dedicated to the way you eat and what you put in your body, awesome. If it's starting with going for a walk every day or going to the gym or exercising in some way or yoga, whatever it is. If it starts first with working on your mindset and then the physical, awesome. If it starts with working on your energy and your spirit and then mindset and then physical, awesome. But find where it sits for you going, okay, I'm not fully prepared to go all the way to the gym and start a strict eating program just yet, but I am prepared to write this down and start implementing little exercises daily that will help me get to that. Mm. Understanding it's it's the small things that count, you know. Mm. So, and whoever you are that asks that question, I want to send you all my love and all my support and understand that you can do this. It's it's that keep it OG, man, because whoever you are in this moment, you're a divine being, you're beautiful, you're loved, and the body is the vessel. You're in all of God's beauty that they blessed you to be. 
and no matter the pain or the trauma or the, or the journey that you've been through, it does not mean that that's have, who you have to continue to be. Yeah. Beautiful, bro. Thank you. I'm going to finish with this, this statement because um, there's actually a lot that I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to keep going. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely do another episode. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Down. But the statement is, um, says, there's not a question. Just let him know he is an amazing human. So I just want to speak um, something that I don't always do is allow those things to land. And again, I understand that part of that comes back to the self-worth piece of um, feeling good enough to accept that. And I think, you know, for, for many of us on the journey, we can so openly give, right? We give, we give, we give. But an important piece of giving, if you're not willing to receive, mm. if you are not willing to receive, then you're not understanding the balance of the beauty of what giving is. Because as you give, so shall you receive. So for me, in these moments, allowing it to land in gratitude and understanding that, hey, everything I've been through, you know, brings me to this moment where people do find hope in who I am and what I do, where people do find faith, where do pe people do find inspiration and courage and strength and everything else. Um, and that to me means a lot because, man, my heart is here for the world. And if I can just help one person out there like that, thank you. You know, whoever you are, massive love to you and may love and peace and abundance and protection be your journey. Yeah, yeah that was beautiful, bro. <laughs> Far out. Oh, I'm so happy I didn't have to talk too much in the space and just sit here and ground and sit in it. Mm. There's so much harm. Um, beautiful conversation going back and forward between you and Andy. Yeah. And um, it was really nice for me to just sit in it yeah. and listen and receive. Yeah. And I know that the people on the other side of this, yeah. there's so much value here. Mm. And um, bro, just thank you for, for coming on today and yeah. sharing your, your wisdom yeah. with us and sharing your wisdom with the people, bro. Um, can I quickly share something? Mm-hmm. So just want to say, first of all, just want to say thank you to Zane and Andy. Yeah. Um, it's been real sitting here and sharing in the uh, conversation um, and uh, wisdom and teachings and messages and learnings not only for ourselves, but for, for everybody that tunes into this. Um, and I will say thank you to anybody that does tune into this. Thank you to the, the beautiful people that ask your questions. Um, thank you to express yourself. <laughs> uh, thing is, uh, uh, what I wanted to mention was um, what I'm being shown is that the messages that you guys are allowing to come forward through Express Yourself. 
It's so important. And this came to me the other day when I was listening to you and Andy on the podcast and it's like Andy shared that, you know, this is part of the journey that he's never shared before, you know. And today I've shared part of my journey that I've never shared before. Um, and that to me is what express yourself means because you're touching on things that people have never shared before and that is going to be an important part of what I feel, what I'm being shown for your fellows' uh, journey ahead together. And I actually feel that this is going to get to uh, or it has the potential to get to a stage where, um, you know, um, da, 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 what's it called? Uh, my, my FM yeah. on Insta, yeah. like that. Um, when I was sitting here before and I was talking, I was getting like quick glimpses of you two sitting and the cameras shining down and, and you're, you're talking and you have your guests come in. Um, so I want to say, yeah, well done, brothers. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Keep it Māori, stay OG. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> Thank you, brother. I love you, bro. Love you too, bro. Love you, brother. Love you, brother. I think that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, what an episode. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Express Yourself podcast with Zay Masters and Andy Archie. If you'd like to leave us some feedback, please leave us a review. All contact details will be added in the description. And in the meantime, don't forget to... Oh,